Hi, Sachin. Hey, Dinkar. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm sorry, I'm a little late. And uh, we had to wait for a few minutes. No problem. It's, um, I think the whole idea about doing this podcast, uh, about the topic which we are going to discuss today, it's okay to wait, you know. I was also <laughs> collecting my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, things are moving so fast, right? Uh, yes. We're all catching up uh, and uh, it. Uh, uh, I, I see so many of my friends uh, like totally shaking with FOMO uh, because uh, there are people are trying so many things and uh, like every good new tech, there are so many startups popping up who seem to be doing everything and solving everything. And, uh, you know, everyone is trying to figure out what's happening. And I think uh, the, the, the this whole uh, topic that we're going to come to, uh, I think everyone should evaluate how their ways of working are going to change and not necessarily from the point of view of uh, risk, but uh, point of view of uh, exponential lift in capability. So uh, go, go ahead and uh, kickstart the discussion. Absolutely. Um, so Dinkar, actually, you are not only late to podcast, you are also late to the topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we are in, uh, we play in enterprise space and um, we, we, have, uh, we have been collecting our thoughts. It's, it was not like we were uh, completely hiding in the dark, but it's just that it takes that much time to uh, come to consensus on a lot of things. Uh, the topic which we are going to talk about today is, uh, I requested Dinkar to uh, explain us the impact of generative AI um, on the field where he is expert at, which is pro product management. And uh, we were debating how it will impact. And uh, we would like to take you through, obviously, this whole context is in enterprise uh, settings. So uh, I want audience to be mindful of that. And people, it will be very hard to imagine uh, what is generative AI, but uh, a couple of sentence on that would be is, the casual definition I would like to give is, this is the greatest sleight of hand mankind has played. Uh, it is nothing but predicting what word appears next or what line of code which appears next or what uh, pixel will appear in the image. Um, but it does in such a way uh, that it is based on patterns which are learned from millions and billions of data points. So that's why uh, if something has been right across these millions of articles, like uh, a punctuation mark or a, a certain arrangement of words, uh, what we call grammar, or uh, certain brush strokes or uh, certain patterns in coding, it will be able to learn if it is in large quantity, it will learn that as a pattern which will happen again. And that is the technique behind uh, learning this, extracting and putting it into a knowledge and then generating. And that's why it is called generative AI. So uh, you have experience with ChatGPT, you have experienced with, uh, some of you might have experienced with GitHub Copilot, uh, DALI, Midjourney, whatnot. Uh, but these are all coming under this generative AI. Uh, what specifically I requested Dinkar today is, and I have done multiple exercises myself and Dinkar has been playing around with it for a month or two. Um, and uh, we have been reading about it and seeing things before that. Uh, so I do believe it will change uh, all so 
aspects of software development, including how we gather requirement, how we research it, how we actually develop software and deploy software. Uh, so, but today I requested Dinkar to narrow down uh, and only talk about uh, uh, the product manager's role and how he can use these and augment himself with this AI. And does he think something will change? So Dinkar, my direct question to you, now that I'm not talking to audience is, um, how do you think um, and what aspects of your uh, job will get affected uh, by AI? And the effect is not the word I'm talking from uh, negative impact, but where you will augment it meaningfully so that you will be able to achieve more. So I want to break it into two parts, right? One is uh, how will it uh, affect the things that I do? And the second thing is um, how will it affect the process of product development that we follow, right? So first is how will it affect me? And I see that, uh, and, and 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 as I'm talking to more and more people, uh, right? I I it kind of the discussions have kind of taken me into this direction that I want to describe how it will affect my ways of working in form of uh, a mental model where uh, I'm now encountering three new personas in my day-to-day -day life. The first persona is of a digital assistant. Now, yeah. the, uh, this, but the quality of this digital assistant is while this digital assistant is very smart, maybe is a grad in English or history, um, is, but does not really get product management. So they can get things for me. They can figure out things for me. They can write up stuff for me. But because they don't really get product management, I cannot just rely on them. So I have to give them very uh, clear instructions on what I want. I have to inspect their um, output work product and ensure that it's still making sense, right? So I'll give you, uh, you know, uh, an example. And, uh, you know, a lot of... Uh, tasks of a product manager leads to artifacts, right? Mm. Artifacts could be a product uh, vision document, a product requirement document, uh, epics for development teams. And, uh, you know, if someone is working very closely with a development team, they might even be writing stories for them, uh, user documents, uh, email for marketing, so which highlights some very interesting aspect about the product, which they will go and then do spam uh, campaigns. Right. Right. Uh, uh, working with the copywriter for the, the working with the supporting, right? So a lot of activities of a product manager ends up in an artifact. Hmm. And, uh, you know, generative AI is good at what? Uh, creating artifacts. So now you have a digital assistant who can create version 0.1 of all the artifacts. And for you, what it does is that uh, you need to have that caution in your mind that this right. Uh, is uh, you know grad in history or English does not really get um, products or product management. So while they have done an awesome job, I need to give them clear instructions of what I really wanted. And even with that, I'll have to go and edit stuff. So those people who love to look at something and then say what is right or wrong thrive in this. And what product management, the whole concept of prototyping tells is that humans are very good at pointing out what's good and what's wrong 
versus creating something from new. So this will actually open up the field of product management to so many people, right? Who earlier were hesitant because they didn't know how to go from zero to one. They didn't know how to write that first line. They didn't know how to write that first line of the user document. What's the structure of a user doc? There is a blog I wrote on what the structure of a user doc, uh, you know, manual, because someone was just so stuck at that point. Like, where do I start? How does what is the table of content? And all I did in that blog was write down the table of content. And now this person kind of went off and did whatever they wanted to do, right? So now suddenly these people who were having these blocks are going to thrive in product management because there's a digital assistant who's going to do this for you, right? That's the first uh, uh, mental model we should- uh, But Dinkar, I would like to uh, like probe you a little bit on the aspect yeah. which you talked about, like they don't get, like the AI wouldn't get what a product manager thinks. So, um, and I, I agree to that, but I would like to just break it for the uh, purposes of clarity. There are certain aspects of, uh, I played with it. I asked, okay, here is a uh, application which I want to do and how it will look. And it comes up with a very good outline of that. Um, if I say, I want to create a travel application with something, and it's a mobile app, and then I want to do it, it, it gives you very clear idea. In fact, I created a, a, a problem statement of, I want to create a flight booking application for elderly people. Hmm. I have never seen this in my life, this problem statement. And I gave it to uh, Chad GPT and it said, oh, um, this is how our website will look like. I said, give me use cases. And it said, uh, our website is targeted towards elderly people. And uh, we use uh, a highly accessible design, uh, large fonts, uh, no uh, multiple information on single page. We always prefer certain, we default to certain things, for example, wheelchair access and whatnot. So, um, and I thought it was pretty innovative in that sense. Now, assuming this is the example and context which I'm talking about, for a person like me, who is just a technologist, it gave, gave me pretty good starting point, I would say. Now, where does pro, a product manager, good product manager actually does their magic, which changes this from just run off the meal solution to something good? Right. So I think, uh, I, and I want to go a little deeper into that also that uh, Sachin, you did not realize that uh, you are not a product manager, but there was a tool that kind of, uh, you know, helped you, you know, kind of blur that line. Correct. So, uh, and, and, and we should discuss that how I think in future, uh, <laughs> um, uh, the best developers would actually be very good uh, analyst or product manager, the product manager, wow. best developers, because they would know how to instruct <clears throat> because what is requirements writing, what is story writing, what is acceptance criteria writing, what is, you know, writing, uh, uh, you know, uh, your QA uh, uh, acceptance criteria, right? That, that's what typically product manager does. And that is what is given to the developer. Now, if you're doing this job very well, you know, you have actually become a developer, uh, a, a seniorish developer who will generate the whole code. And then that will go to the tech lead who will say, okay, you know, these, these are the things you have missed. This is, you know, these are the paradigm. And who can fix that code again? Um, the whole world is seems to be moving towards where you don't need to start from scratch. You can 
not even start from version 0.1. You can actually start from version 0.8, which is like a few steps ready from you're the first uh, version, right? So in some way you have taken steps towards that. You went from your technical side into product management side, and I will go from product management side into technical so, side. So uh, do you think there will be a Proma dev ops kind of role like Proma DevOps? The, yeah, uh, and and the, obviously the name would uh, change, right? The <laughs> all of us would be like, you know, uh, you know how how good are we at prompting people, right? Uh, how good are we at whispering in the background for someone who's doing something, right? How good the, we are. Sorry to interrupt, Dinkar, but I do want to call out one uh, thing. Um, there is also a, a, the imitation will actually increase because if you think about a lot of people like me, if they started playing this role of promo, then they will be able to create uh, artifacts which are just good enough, better than average, I would say, or average. But then, uh, first of all, the bar of average will actually grow. That is inevitable now. But these people who create these really awesome uh, products and product thinking, uh, it is not only <coughs> getting a problem statement and marrying that to a solution. I think that is the risk which I see here of trivializing the responsibilities. Uh, I, 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 wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say uh, trivializing and I wouldn't say, uh, you know, wh what I want, how I see it is it will lead to some kind of standardization, uh, you know, okay. realizing. Because what is going to happen is a lot of the output that we get generated, as you said, right, it is kind of a, a very high abstraction and so consolidation of so hmm. many knowledge. And there is a pattern. That pattern will suddenly become very simple, concise, and accessible to everyone. Everyone starts following it. And there would be standardization. Now, standardization, as you said, uh, has its pros and cons. One, standardize immediately. standardization immediately raises a level to a Correct. standard level. So everyone <laughs> will have that minimum uh, standard, right? Now, you know, uh, it, it reminds me of, uh, you know, Craigslist, right? Craigslist was in was not to be the best UI or the best. They wanted to be sufficiently good, sufficiently useful for sufficient large number of people. And there were few employees who were making a lot of money. They were not like hundreds of millions of dollars, but they were making enough million dollars to live a comfortable life with less stress, less work, no transformation headache, no UI refresh headache, no you know change of libraries and tech headache. They, so there are a lot of problem statements uh, such in that um, really need standardization because that will bring a level of uniform experience and quality, right? And then there is always a place where innovation is needed, uh, you know, uh, uh, jumping is needed uh, to the next level. And there things will uh, happen and people will come into picture, innovation will happen. It's not that innovation is going to die, but all the places where because of lack of standardization, there's bad experience or even absence of any solution, suddenly they will uh, thrive. So you're right. In, in some way, there will be some standardization. Uh, standardization has pros and cons. Uh, those will apply, but I think there will still be space for innovation. Um, and uh, then uh, stepping back, we did a little bit of going back to the stack. We had a little bit of discussion on, uh, you know, the roles blurring and it uh, giving that uh, capability. And 
before that i was talking about the mental models right so first mental model is said think that now you have a digital assistant who's really smart but it's not from your field so it doesn't get the nuances of your field so you have to give nice instructions and you have to cross check right and the second one is uh, let's say you have a persona of a uh, now of a customer also got it right and you can go and talk to this customer anytime the customer is very keen right but not really interested in thinking too much to give you responses they'll kind of tell you the first thing that comes to their mind they, they don't expect this customer to do deep thinking uh, for you and give you feedback so these are the scenarios where for example you know let's say you want a lot of uh, you know feedback from someone right hey how are you going to react to this how are... and the reason i and and in all the three personas that are list uh, right these are good uh, personas but they will be little off and that's very important to keep remembering that whatever you get from generative technology will be little off because ultimately at some point you know a lot of people use the word you don't know when uh, you know generated ai is being factual when it's being delusional when it is just uh, giving you a good answer or when it is uh, giving you uh, the right answer right uh, so it might be a customer who wants to you know is very keen to help you may actually end up telling what you want to hear rather than what it was right so you you uh, there is going to be a new use of this technology where product managers will actually use it to simulate a customer get their feedback but uh, always remembering that this customer is little off is keen but it's not really very emotionally invested in giving you correct feedback they may tell you some answer which mostly would be right but you cannot totally uh, rely on them right uh so that that that's uh, the third uh, persona that i want uh, people to have in mind is of a research assistant right? <clears throat> now you have a research assistant but the thing which is off about this research <laughs> is that your research assistant is very academic so you ask a question and they'll find out the academic uh, answer for it and what i mean is that their response may not be very relevant to you may not may not be to the point of what you expected maybe very you know uh, this paper this paper may may not have that last mile analysis that a research analyst does that here, here is the research and this is how it matters to us so that last mile you know 0.8% uh, you know version 0.8 they will give to you and that last two of making the connection dropping and picking what has come back to you will still be done by you so i think what i have started telling people is in generative ai chat gpt and any you know uh, you got uh, uh, three uh, new people helping you and their personas if is of a digital assistant a digital researcher and a customer who are really good but they're little off so you have to be very clear uh, with their instruction and you have to cross check what they're telling you so that's part one going back the stack i said that we had two things part one uh how it will affect my ways of working and the part two was how it may affect the way products are being built but before we dive into that um did you want to catch up on some thoughts you had or wanted to highlight something dinkar let's uh, do the part two in second episode but let's go deeper into first uh, uh, first section itself 
um and then towards the end you just give glimpse of what the part 2 looks like so yeah. that uh, people know what to expect from the second episode the reason why i want to deeper dive on this one is there are so many questions which are popping in my mind about how you uh, it will impact so i'll start with couple the first thing is these three personas you talked about are very critical a persona of a a research assistant a persona of the customer but then you don't need um uh, you know that these are a little bit off you know these guys uh, are going to give you some answers which are going to be 60% 70% but um do you believe that there is a huge value before even coming to a customer's uh, discussion let's say that you got a problem statement and you are now meeting a customer are there any things you can do by using these three personas uh, like a copywriter or a, a assistant a customer as well as a researcher before you go jump into this whole head first how you will augment these three roles to yourself so that you will be productive uh, are there any ways in which you will be able to take a jump start from these uh, tools and that actually is a, a part oh. of how the how, how the flow will change right and then let, let's do a little bit of uh, discussion yeah. on that also right so today the way software is being developed uh, an idea goes from ideation into happens in a certain way because of the tools that are available to us and the restrictions that are uh, you know uh, uh, around uh, us right now essentially what are those restrictions right and let, let let's first go come from that side the first uh, restriction is that um, writing software is expensive writing a software is full of uh, issues and bugs yeah third uh, software uh, the, the the whole process of writing software takes time and uh, what that may lead to is that uh, we may learn something little far ahead of time that we could have learned upfront right in order to overcome all these things people started creating things so right from the ideation right now earlier uh, i don't know when but uh, that mystical earlier or mythical earlier someone would create a product take it to the market and then see hey market uh, what is the um, uh, value coming out of it do you want to pay something for it who do you want to buy it who does people used to make something go to the market see what is the response to it come back remake it or dump it right right so, whole thing got changed in the beginning let's think of a business model the first thing mm. you need to have an idea is let's think of the business model right because it's very expensive to go and do all that research and all that so then uh, the whole thing was okay i have created a business model let me validate it now how would you validate earlier you know that you know what and uh, i will i want to do a business in let's say uh, handicrafts right so what i uh, used to do in olden uh, days uh, um, mythical or i don't know real probably real also i would go to that bazaar where that kind of handicraft uh, handicraft is very popular i'll go sit there i'll notice what kind of deals are happening i'll figure out that what handicraft will sell i'll come back make the whole thing and show it to people uh, and start selling it right so 
I, that's how people figured out their business model. We have done that. Now, uh, I cannot build something because it's very expensive. So what uh, people will, jewelry designers will do, they'll create a design of a jewelry, uh, right? Or people will make these small models. I, a few months back, I had gone to um, Humpy. And this is, uh, it, it's a, you know, a yeah. very famous site in uh, Karnataka. And there's a big uh, temple there, a uh, very old temple. And one of the things that guide shows is that before they build the whole temple, they build this small model of the temple to get king's blessing or <laughs> approval, right? It, it's the that prototype. prototype. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing that, right? People do, because it's very expensive to make uh, I don't like this design, like start over again or something, right? And, uh, and so, so suddenly Sachin, what my, the, the thing, the thought that I'm coming to is that what is going to be expensive and what is going to be cheap is changing. Right. So maybe writing software and creating a version 0.5 of that, uh, which is sufficiently working, which is sufficiently, maybe we'll <clears throat> immediately, because ideation is cheap now, uh, business model uh, research is cheap now. Creating that half working software is very cheap now. Probably I'll skip all of that. And I will everywhere start with this semi-working prototype, not uh, lo-fi prototype, which is like, you know, clickable PDFs or something, not hi-fi uh, prototype, which is a piece of working software, which has backend data connection, some kind of login, some kind of security authentication. So it's, we're talking right. in enterprise environment, right? Nothing cannot go out. Absolutely. And protection and infosec. But maybe now there is this halfway in between. I can go and my proposal to a customer is not going to be a PPT. We should do this and this is this. And, you know, this is what customers are saying about it. This is what, uh, you know, are doing. So what has become cheap and what has become expensive now? What has become cheap for me is to create something like that. What has become expensive for me is now what I have created, 50 or 20 other startups and other similar uh, companies are going to sit in front of the client. And because of standardization, almost all of us will have the similar thing, which we all created using the same tool, created from the same large uh, language model fed uh, on the same uh, information. Now we'll have to, what will be, become expensive is what that, you know, 0.1, 0.2% that we bring in, right? So I think uh, before we go and jump that, uh, make predictions, how things will change, I think we need to do an analysis of what will become cheaper, which was earlier very expensive, and what might become very expensive, which earlier was very cheap. And this new cost equilibrium uh, will now tell us that what we will do beforehand and what we'll do later. Um, that's a that's a phenomenal insight. To be very honest with you, uh, I have uh, drawn from this is um, the way to look at it is not okay. What part of my responsibilities are being impacted by this? But uh, the cost equation changes. And the cost equation changes, that means you will be changing your ways of working to focus. adapt to those new reality. The focus. Um, right? Now, what should I focus on? Absolutely. And this is a great point, Dinkar. Uh, now, I, I, I think you have also part, uh, talked about the three personas and the, how they impact you, which is good. Um, there is the other side, 
which I think we are coming upon our time, but I think uh, we are, when we are in, uh, we are technologists, we think about these new technologies and suddenly our imagination goes wild. One missing part of all this equation is a product manager is doing all of this in context of two roles. One is actual customer who is not one customer, right? It's a class of people who are representing an organization, so unit. Correct. And second is, similarly, user is not one user. It is a bouquet of personas. Yeah. And um, these two things are equally complex. And you cannot go, uh, just because now you can, you, you can go faster on one dimension. And this is where I would like to delve a little bit deeper on how the consensus driven will happen now. Because I think uh, when uh, earlier uh, you used to, I have seen you working many times and you used to basically bring your, one of the very key responsibility of a product manager is to sell that idea and drive a consensus among group of people who have very wild expectations. <laughs> some people have very conservative expectations. Some have very uh, progressive expectations. But then um, it's, it's also a human because as long as there are going to be humans in this whole loop that somebody is paying who is human and then somebody is buying who is a human, I think we need to talk about it. And I would like to know from you how that consensus process will impact. The user research, you touched upon it a little bit, but um, uh, do you think there will be some sort of change in that consensus driving? And uh, uh, it, it is also uh, psychological. And that's what I, I'm wondering is, you give me a, that if I was the king and in that World Heritage site of Humpy, you showed me this small model. I might also think that you are already married to this design. I wanted uh, a different looking uh, temple. Yeah. <clears throat> but then that, how, how much is too much? How much uh, like prototyping is too much? Now I can create a good enough looking app, uh, which is prototype, as you mentioned, stripped down version of things. Uh, and uh, does the consensus process will change? And that is something which I am very interested from knowing you, uh, how it will change. So, uh, yeah, but think, to, for, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good uh, topic for the next one. But I, I do want to, uh, again, uh, remind, right, uh, the the, um, the thing in the back of my mind, uh, the algorithm in the back of my mind is that uh, the things which are expensive will become cheap. The things which are cheap will become may become very expensive. And in this equilibrium, right, uh, the, the whole idea, the cost used to impose some discipline. Correct. Right? It, it's very, uh, even though it's cheaper to do lo-fi prototype, but it takes time, right? So at, people used to stop at certain point and say that this is good enough or now let's, you know, uh, disagree, but commit. Because the, these were not, now imagine that uh, the king had a magic, uh, you know, uh, capability and could generate millions of uh, these temples, right? And it's, it almost sounds to me like those, you know, I don't know if there is a parable like that, but these are the stories of king who could imagine uh, any uh, model of a temple and a small prototype used to be there. 
and uh, then king said okay let me try another day let me die third day because there's no cost involved it's really cheap right let me try another let me try another and and uh, one day the king uh, dies and the whole kingdom people don't have place to live or the whole kingdom is full of uh, these just prototypes <laughs> because he couldn't make the mind and that is so much possible because look at it there is no cost to the king for doing this right and where do you stop and what this will mean that new rules new restrictions will emerge and uh, that is what i'm 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 <coughs> thinking about i'm talking to people and i'm like anyone i'm curiously watching that what new rules will emerge uh, where uh, you know at some point someone will say enough right uh, what are those new cost what are those new restrictions and that is why a lot of people you know it, it's like when books were right people um, oh every book is a work of art we write something we ensure there's no we we and if someone wants a book we know that they really want it because they paid for this book right suddenly if the book is getting published is getting printed which may end up in a dumpster because it got printed and nobody wanted it right at some point it became so cheap that the world got flooded with all this stuff there was luge right. but at new costs started emerging right and new new restrictions started emerging which at some point kind of brought it back and while a lot of people are thinking oh my god now how will any decision being made how will anything ever stop will we just keep and that was one of the things actually i wanted to talk is at some point the discipline that a product manager will have to bring in is not to make it about the tool and the journey like you know chat gpt is very addictive you know i would you sachin would never have had the inclination because of the cost of it and because of you know the ramp up time of it to start imagining that can i create a travel app for a um, elderly yeah. can i write down the requirements can i write the use cases you wouldn't have done it because it was a huge cost on you on your time and uh, you know uh, uh, bandwidth right now you have this and you're going to go crazy right and i right. i know mm-hmm. all of us are going crazy we're imagining awesome things and we just like but uh, what we are not realizing is that an emergence of a cost has come right at some point uh, you know someone will have to it, there will be clear articulation of that i don't know what that is but the new cost will get imposed where we'll say okay you know we cannot uh, and and my point is to answer your question go back go back is um, i don't think it will be still a, it, it would be a problem the rules of uh, the rubrics of the um, that uh, uh, you know consensus will change but something yeah. will be there it's not going to be a lawless uh, you know f- you know it, 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 it's not where you know newton's law that uh, if an idea is rolling it will keep on rolling there yeah. will be some resistance there will be some concern at some point that idea will stop rolling into something that uh, needs to be taken forward and built yeah. absolutely on you that uh, but couldn't resist yeah. absolutely um on that note dinkar uh, thank you so much for opening up to this topic it's complex uh, and next time uh, let's dive deeper onto the consensus process how it actually impacts the other side of the table uh, who are consumers and customers 
Um, uh, and uh, I have a few thoughts and questions which are popping in my mind, but I will reserve it for the next time. Thank yeah. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.